0: Hey, I'm Sierra.
1: Hi, I'm Lizzie. And I'm Stephanie.
0: And this is What, what You Missed, Missed at the WC. WC. <laughs> so as you might notice, we have a guest with us today.
2: Hello. You want to introduce yourself? Sure.
1: Um I am Stephanie Alderson. I use she/her pronouns and I am the assistant director of the Women's Center.
0: Uh, our boss is on the podcast. Yes, she's our amazing, <laughs> wonderful AKA supervisor. A serious boss. <laughs> <laughs> Literally.
2: Okay, so this is part 2 of our series.
0: Yes, I'm sure hopefully y'all listen to our last podcast over part 1 of our menstrual product drive and donations and kind of like the background of why we started this process and so now we're on to part two.
2: Today we wanted to touch about donations and so last podcast we kind of talked about um, our driving forces for the menstrual product but this podcast we kind of just want to get into the nitty-gritty of donations and marketing your advocacy project And we have Stephanie as a guest because she gets a lot of donations. I I do be getting donations. Do you want to talk about, like, your relationship with donations? Sure. So
1: I began um, this position last May. So it's been a little over a year now, which is kind of nuts. Um, But all during the pandemic. So whenever I first started, I was working from home. I moved here May 15th, and I didn't get actually to come into my office until July 1st, which is kind of weird when you're starting a new job, when you're starting any job, really, um, to like not actually be in your office. Um, So I worked from home, and part of that was just kind of trying to find ways to connect with um, the things that we do um, without actually being here. And so I started looking into donations for our safer sex kits um, because I was looking through budgets and saw kind of um, what we had been spending and things like that. Um, And so I started reaching out to companies, um, just asking for donations. And I started getting a lot of feedback, a lot of really positive um, feedback, and we've received quite a few donations since then, so it worked out pretty well.
0: Yeah, we really, we did get a lot of donations this past year, not only like with their safer sex kits, but we've been working hard to reach out and see what we can get around the community.
1: Yeah, Lizzie and I um, built a donation database so that we could kind of keep track of everything that we were doing. Um, And I think we have about 40 different companies on there that we have reached out to. It's a it's a slow moving process. Um, I think whenever you begin the donation journey, and I think, Lizzie, I think you um, experienced a little bit of this during your process of doing all this as well, is you kind of hope when you're reaching out to these people that you're going to get quick responses, that everybody's going to be like, oh, yes, we'd love to. Um, that is not the case so out of the 40 that we've reached out to we've maybe gotten responses from about half-ish and only donations from like a fourth if not less it's a long grueling process yes
2: and uh, and a lot of companies have just like bigger companies are going to have like set organizations that they donate to other companies only offer like wholesale prices. I remember we were offered like $17 for like a diva cup. <laughs> Do you remember that? So there's definitely like, I wouldn't uh, get discouraged when asking for donations if they don't meet your needs. Right. Because that's the goal of reaching
1: out. Like, Well, and it's important to be honest about it too, whenever, because companies will reply back and ask you questions a lot of the time, I'm sure. Well, and especially in kind of the area that we're looking into, right? Like condoms, pregnancy tests, um, menstrual products, those kinds of things. I'm sure they get a lot of requests for donations. There's a lot of nonprofits that need them, a lot of community organizations that need them. I mean, this is a, this is a pretty big need, right, that we're asking for. Um and so companies will send back a lot of questions for you and a, a lot of the time it's do you have any money at all to put towards this because you know they have they have goals and, and yeah. bottom lines that they have to reach as well. And you just have to be honest. I mean, if you don't have it, you don't have it. And sometimes that will affect what they can give. And sometimes that's kind of the end of your relationship with them, but you just gotta keep trying.
2: With that being said, there there have been companies that um, we've had meetings with, like that. there are times where it is a fit and you sit down with a person on their team and they're like, okay, what, what does this look like? What's your organization? When it, they get to know that advocacy project a little more because they are able to. I
1: think one of the biggest things that I've um, imparted upon Lizzie during your search, and you can kind of corroborate this or not, is kind of narrowing down your ask Um, coming up with a short and simple way to sell what it is that you're looking for, what it is that you're offering them, because a lot of the times, especially here, what we're offering them is to have their products distributed on a campus of twenty five thousand college students, Mm -hmm. and it's important to sell that. Um, because I mean, a lot of programs, as you all know, I'm sure being college students have like college ambassadors and and students um on campus to kind of market their projects and um, their products and stuff, and so. So um, I kind of just that's my always my advice to people who are seeking donations is to just narrow down your ask and kind of come up with a a couple second sales pitch of Mm -hmm. what you offer them because you're asking for something for free. Right. You're asking for something that they normally would get money for. And so why? Why do you deserve that? Why do you need it? What are you looking for? Um, And so I think the the ask is always kind of the the biggest part of it is coming up with what it is that you want to, how do you want to market yourself in order
0: to be somebody that they should donate to? So what would you say to someone that was like not part of like the Women's Center, like not part of like a campus organization, like someone just trying to like do a passion project that's looking for donations, like what would be a good way to like start that process if you have no prior experience?
1: I definitely think outlining your goals. So like if it wasn't on a university, so you don't have a way to be like, oh, like we have 25,000 students that see these things every day. Um, or something like that, I think um, outlining out your goals is really important because I know whenever you're starting a project like that, then you kind of want to get it started before you start Mm -hmm. really outlining what it is that you're doing. But whenever you're seeking donations, having that end goal in mind is going to be part of your sell, right? Mm -hmm. So who are you marketing it to? If it's not to a campus of 25,000 students, is it to a neighborhood of 2,000 people? Is it to downtown um lincoln which you know fifty thousand people pass through probably every couple weeks i mean what what is it that you're reaching and why is it that you need it um so obviously at the women's center we promote gender equity um we know about the pink tax which is um you know in my opinion unfair taxation of menstrual products um, and things like that. Um, so like we have the reasoning behind why it is that we're looking for these products. So we want students on campus who may not have the excess funds to be able to access menstrual products, to be able to access Mm -hmm. condoms and lubricant and pregnancy tests and things that they need to be able to succeed as whole human beings in college. Right. Mm -hmm. So those are, That's our reasoning. That's why we do what we do. But if you're out doing a passion project, I think coming up with your reasoning, why are you passionate about this? Um, What is your end goal? Who are you reaching? And you you develop that into your ask or your sell point or whatever. You're going to reach the people who are also passionate about those things. Mm -hmm. So normally, I mean, people who start in these companies, you know, they're passionate about this product. That's why they got into it. I mean, there are people just like, y'all just like me, mm-hmm. just like everybody out there who is passionate about it. So try to reach for them in that place of passion. That's awesome. That's great.
2: I also think that, um, it's really, uh, I think you can milk that you're like a passionate person in Nebraska. True. <laughs> like we are in a very traditional state. You are a college student people want to see that. People want to hear that story. I don't know. America loves the underdog. (laughs) Like really like milking it in the way of like how big your campus is, or I'm a college student, or I'm in a traditional state, but I want to do something like this that I see in other states or other places. I think- they want to hear that. Right.
1: Well, I mean, one thing that we do a lot whenever we're starting projects is we look at other schools in the Big Ten, right? So we Mm -hmm. can be like, you know, we would like to do this because they do this. And, and, you know, in order to compete and be on the same level as the other schools in the Big Ten, this is what we think we need to do. Mm -hmm. And I think that anybody can do that. You know, this is what other cities are doing. This is what other states are doing. This is what I want to bring to my community that other people have found success in and that other people have found need for. And I think that we, you know, can use it. Just being able to use that kind of bouncing off point and that kind of like reasoning, I think is really
0: important. And all just boils down to like advocacy and, you know, your local community and like fighting for it and like showing like your passion and you are willing to go the distance and do whatever it takes for whatever you're passionate about. And as long as you can like communicate that and like show how serious you are about it, I feel like it really takes it up a notch and like shows companies or, you know, whoever you're reaching out to how serious you are about what you're doing.
2: Yeah. And articulating that passion too. It's like with donations specifically, you really have to keep in mind, like, the people that are reading it. Cause like you need that bridge or connection, like okay. right? ideally everyone would be empathetic and like really want to help you out. But there are ways to convey your passion and articulate that as well as giving them incentive to yeah. want to donate, to want to help you out.
1: Yeah. I also think it's important to not see the no's as like failures. Because um, it's literally just part of the process. It's not personal. Right. It, unfor- I mean, unfortunately, it's just literally business. Um, And I know whenever you're doing donations and things, you're not really looking at it in that aspect. Because obviously, you're not selling or anything like that. So, it's not really a business mm. for you. But for somebody, it is. And and we live in a capitalistic society. And that, and that just go. kind of is what it is. Right. So um it's never a failure whenever you hear no it's hard i'm not gonna lie whenever you have something that you're that passionate about and a resource that you want to offer other people um i think anybody who is passionate about offering resources to people obviously is going to get sad if they're not able to follow through with that because obviously you see a need that's why you came up with it but it's not a failure it just is what it is like i don't know how, to, how else to say that um it's just, that's just how it works in the process, unfortunately, is the no's. And you can kind of learn from that too. Like, what did I leave out that I could have mm-hmm. added in? You know, that kind of thing. It's just all a learning process, but you're definitely gonna get more no's than you get yeses. And I think that that's important to kind of know going into it.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: I think donations can open a lot of doors, like open a lot of possibilities, of like growing an activist project, but it also could be really, I don't want to say scary but it, it there are like risks involved like this project specifically what we want to do is like opening up a closet can you kind of talk about like inner monologue or like expectations you have for this project from like
0: a supervisor's was like view
2: hey, to, to now so um being
1: real honest be honest like the full <laughs> <laughs> mindset Um, Lizzie comes to me with a lot of ideas frequently, and I have to pare them down a little bit occasionally. Um, One of them being this podcast, whenever Sierra and Lizzie um, came to me and was like, we wanna do a podcast, how are we gonna do that? So whenever you first came to me, I was a little worried just because I also don't want to overstretch uh, the Women's Center to where we're not being able to reach like the amount of people that we want to or the communities of people that we want to because we're spread so thin.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I do think that offering menstrual products on campus is extremely important. Um, I think it's important to offer sustainable ones as well, which you know we've partnered with um, Sustain UNL and Code Red on campus and things like that to offer more sustainable products. But I think it's important that people have access to that. I. Worked in res life before this, and I had a lot of students who, they were food insecure. They didn't have access to money. to Like, literally, they just had their their residence hall room and um, a meal plan, and that was basically all they had access to. Mm -hmm. Um, And I hate the idea that there are students on our campus like that, that have needs that aren't being met because of money, Or, like, a lack of connection to family, or you know, things like that. I just really hate that we have students that are going through that. So, um, when you mentioned the menstrual product drive, I was all for it. As long as we have space in the center, I will continue to offer students with as many resources as we possibly can, because I think that all students deserve access to menstrual products and for a very discounted, if not free price. I mean, that's a it's a human need. We have to have them. And I hate that they're so expensive and that it's so hard for students to get access to it. So once we kind of decided, yeah, this was something we we're going to go with, then we just kind of did what I suggested earlier. We started with our plan, right? How are we going to do this? We started the a donation request form <laughs> donation request form yeah and we just started going through and searching different companies seeing what their policies were for donations and just started looking see looked at our own budget see what we can afford and you just try to make it happen the women's center is here for all students on campus and we got to help them in as many ways as we can and here we are and here we are and we've made it you know I mean that's just like we've done quite a few drives for campus this year, ones that really pertain to Sierra and her position. Um, the children's book drive. Mm-hmm. I mean, we got over three hundred and fifty children's books donated, which I never thought would happen. And that wasn't even reaching yeah. out to companies. That was just that was just like community. Yeah, um, relying on the campus community to to help us out, and they really did. Or um, another drive that pertains to both of you is holidays for little huskers we got 55 different children um, that are part of the campus community through their parents being students, um, gifts that they could have for the holidays and and really help those students out with kind of subsidizing the cost because as we know, the holidays can be so expensive. And so it's literally just like wanting to help the students in any way that we can and relying on donations and our campus community to help Mm -hmm. us out.
2: That was really sweet because I I think that a lot of at least when i'm thinking about projects or in the midst of projects it's really easy to like be really doubtful i don't know you hear so many no's from donations whatever and then it is what it is like you can have that mentality but i would say like let the community surprise you like the children's book drive like genuinely surprised me like that That i think it surprised all of us yeah like i think it's really easy to get in this mindset of um just kind of like individualism with like your passion and projects. Like it's hard when you're not um, connected with your community. I know right. like this whole pandemic was a lot, but like that was a main component of it. You're not seeing everyone. And right. I don't well, know, and it was community it's, can
1: surprise you. Some of your passion products can seem really niche, like a children's book library. Like that's very specific, mm-hmm. right? And so it was hard to imagine that so many people would also be share that passion. Well, and especially since we have been in the pandemic, right? We haven't been yeah. seeing people, like you said, So, we have a community, but we don't know them yet. I mean, y'all, we all just started um, this past year and during a pandemic. So, we barely got to see the students that we reach and things Mm. um, because, you know, we had to stay away from them. The center had to be generally closed unless people made appointments and things like that. So, Um, we had a community we just didn't see them them, so it was it was um, really surprising and and wonderfully shocking when they showed out for us so
0: and they really did this past year we like we've reached so many people and done so much during a pandemic that I didn't even think was possible especially through this podcast yeah that's what I was just gonna say like we started a podcast and
2: we've interviewed a business owner like a local business owner a state senator we've started all these other people projects. on campus yeah yeah Um, all through like a pandemic it was crazy it's crazy we've accomplished quite
1: a bit and it, and with the community like I said that we didn't see but we've given out over 3,000 safer sex kits so I know they're there
0: <laughs> Um, you know <laughs> they're using we, them
1: yeah we've checked out library books y'all have been um reaching people with the podcasts I mean we know that they're
0: there we do zoom interviews right you reach out it's been cool lots of like programs on campus over zoom
1: right and I'm just hoping that now we'll still be able to utilize that community but in person true yes. mm-hmm
0: well thank you so much for joining us stephanie of course you'll have to i'm excited you know stephanie will be this isn't her last time <laughs> on the podcast she'll be back stephanie's
2: actually gonna be on every podcast from now on <laughs> we'll
1: no. yeah. jump in every now and
2: then
0: yeah the next year is gonna be so fun we got so much coming up and yeah, y'all have a
1: really good plan for mm-hmm. your podcast lineup next
2: year it's gonna be exciting yeah yeah well we still have more to this series yeah.
0: we'll see you in two weeks stay tuned stay tuned I'm Sarah. I'm Lizzie. And I'm Stephanie. And we'll see you later. Bye.